Welcome to Cuyamaca Conversations. My name is Taylor Smith. I am a professor at Cuyamaca College. On today's episode, I will be interviewing Karina Voli. Karina is a San Diego-based cellist and music teacher. She is also the director of the Community Music School at San Diego State University. In our conversation, we talk a bit about the Community Music School and also Karina's very interesting life history. Well, Karina, thank you for being here today. It's a pleasure to be here. So uh, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Tell us kind of what you do. Of course. I am a cellist, and I uh, play, I teach, and I'm currently the director of the Community Music School at San Diego State University, uh, where I also have a big cello studio. I teach about 24 students this semester, um, all pre-college. Um, and that's what keeps my life busy that's and happy. <laughs> that's a lot of students. <laughs> it is. I was actually kind of surprised when I said, hey, can you do this interview? And you said, yeah, I have time. I thought, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you actually got me on my one free uh, day of teaching in the week. So. Well, that's, that's lucky for us. Yes. So, um, so the Community Music School at SDSU, how long has that been around? So the Community Music School has been around for quite uh, a few years, actually, as far as I understand, about 30 years uh, in different uh, variations of it. It used to have a very, uh, very strong uh, Suzuki program, which is teaching uh, uh, strings, especially to younger students. Um, and when the, uh, when the director or the main teacher uh, retired, the program died. And, and it has been going on and off like that for the last 30 years. Uh, that was the strongest program that they had. Um, when I arrived in San Diego about 10 years ago, the university only was using the community music school as a quote unquote gig office for college students that wanted to teach some private lessons. Um, and, uh, and so in the last nine years, together with my colleague Travis Merrill, who is viola professor at the university. Um, um, we chatted for a little bit and we were both together very interested in creating a, a string academy uh, program um, with some uh, uh, influence from uh, a wonderful program that we both respect, admire uh, in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, and that's how it all got started. <laughs> so, so 10 years ago is when you kind of took on that task. Actually, the, the, it, we're going to go into our nine year. We're oh. starting, I mean, actually, the, the ninth year here. So, uh -huh. mm -hmm. Awesome. So, when, so it, it's been in existence for a long time, but you kind of re resurrected it, I guess we could say. Correctly. And changed it a bit and made it kind of more in the, in the mold of what you and, and Travis were interested in doing. Um, well, how many teachers are there now? How many students are there now? So we have, at this moment, we have about 100 students in the program. When we started nine years ago, we had, I had four cello students and Travis had about 10 violin students and that was, that was it. Uh, so it's grown quite exponentially. Um, one of the things that most attracted uh, me and, and a dream for all my life uh, of as an adult uh, is that I wanted to be a part of a university program where we can train music students to be teachers to teach the students how to teach young children um, we are always assuming that someone plays well an instrument and that they 
should be able to teach it. And that's, I, in my humble opinion, couldn't be further than the truth. It takes a lot of skill uh, to understand the sequencing, uh, uh, all, all kinds of um, uh, things, that uh, the tricks and, and uh, uh, games and, and, and whatnot to, to teach young students. Um, and together with that, being at the university, we would be able to train college students how to teach kids. So um, as, as I see it, um, it was very important to me to be also a community-oriented uh, 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 place for students to come and study, as well as a co-curricular program within the university where all the uh, performing, especially, uh, performing majors in the program could also have um, either um, a special program for them to observe us, uh, read some material, we put together a curriculum, um, so it, as an independent study, mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's how the program evolved, as well as all the pedagogy uh, uh, students uh, would have a certain number of observations and as well as uh, in our group classes for, for the younger kids to participate and lead activities under our supervision. This has now um, also uh, gone into the piano uh, um, uh, uh, teachers in the piano pedagogy, so we're doing this. Teachers uh, train the college students and college students are now offering a free extra practice lesson a week to students who are interested, to young students that are interested. So this is, this is how this program is very different than anything that has happened before at San Diego State. Um, many times they call us to get a recommendation for a college student to start a beginner. And as much as I respect, and I, I know we all have to make a living, I cringe, uh, because the beginners uh, are the ones that need the most. They need the best teachers. Uh -huh. yeah. Yes. You don't need a beginning teacher teaching a beginning player. No. Right. Because <laughs> um, we want to set the the whole, you know, fun fundamental of, of, you know, technique and everything. Right. Now, what instruments uh, do you offer at the moment for, for students? So we have potentially every instrument at this point. The, the requests have all, all been for violin, viola, cello, uh, double bass, um, guitar, and piano. We've had in the past a few flute students. That's not happening now. We've had requests and we've, ha we've offered voice lessons also. Um, so, it, you know, so kind of hypothetically, if somebody called and said, I have a you know, nine-year-old daughter who really wants to play flute, they would be able to come to the community That's music correct. School. Okay. That's correct. We have you just don't happen to have any at the moment. Correct. So we have uh, a lot, most of our teachers are faculty at SDSU. Those who are not faculty, uh, including myself, I'm, I'm not interested even in being with the older college students. I love to teach the young ones. I love to train the college students to teach. But otherwise, we're all uh, well-established community uh, professional teachers. Yeah, yeah, well, I, and um, yeah, that's great. I, you know, I have some experience with my own children. That's right. Taking some lessons there with the community music school. And uh, it's, it's pretty impressive to see how many students there are, you know, go to these recitals. And I remember, like you said, it's, it's grown so much going to some recitals that were um, all of the students together and you could do it in an hour and now you have to do like three, four of those. Five actually. Five of them <laughs> to get all the students in. To get all the students yeah. in. We, we're very thoughtful about not, not being over 
powering and and so the recitals are kept to one hour long approximately um, so that the students can stay focused and observe and and enjoy so we we're at this moment doing five recitals and so this and the school's been around long enough now that some of the earliest students would be almost adults at this point yeah that's well yes they are uh, some of them are finishing their uh, uh, college uh, first undergraduate degree um, I would say that uh, out of all the students that are continuing into a music uh, uh, performance or education degree, I would say that 50% stay at San Diego State. So we are feeding into the music program at San Diego State, which is also another thing that was very important to us. Yeah, so you're kind of you know using that as a recruiting mechanism That's to get students to, because they are, you're familiar with the campus and the teachers and they just stay as they That's right. get older. That's great. So let's let's talk a little bit kind of before that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that you're not you were not born here in the United States. I was not. <laughs> and I know that you've been lots of places and uh, kind of lots of continents for that matter. So can you tell us a little bit of kind of your background, how you ended up here? Of course. So I I grew up in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, so Spanish is actually my first language. Uh, Um, And so um, with with I know I have a very uh, strange mixture of accents together because uh, growing up in in Argentina, I went to British schools where I was taught to speak like the queen. Um, (laughs) And then um, years later, when I moved to the U.S. and coming with an English uh, that was pretty British, um, and and when I moved first here, by the way, I went to Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. if I can get the, the accent, <laughs> asking for hot water, and so, so hot water, and so, something like that. I have to make an effort to, but anyway, so that was my first uh, um, country, my first growing up, that's where I started with my cello. Actually quite late, guitar was my first instrument when when I was very young. Um, It was a mixture of classical music and a lot of singing and folklore. Uh, Argentina has a very rich folklore uh, uh, background, Um, and so... um, uh, singing in choirs, music was really always an important part of my life. Uh, I grew up in a family that enjoyed all kinds of music, um, but we're not musicians. Um, so I, I got to the cello quite late in life, at age almost 20, actually. Um, so um, when I decided this, this was in the middle or right after a pretty um, um, bad di- dictatorship, military dictatorship in Argentina. So the, the, the universities, schools, everything was very limited. We did not have access to a lot of things. We, uh, all, all the great teachers had left the country or had disappeared um, and, and been kidnapped and killed by the, the dictatorship. Um, so all my friends who were in music were leaving somewhere. So I was very lucky that I was able to get a wonderful scholarship to, and I moved to Israel, to Jerusalem. Uh, so that was actually my third language, my fourth language that I had to learn because I was in an intensive French uh, class in high school in Argentina. So that was English. English was always because of school uh, growing up. Um, French. Italian is a very important uh, uh, immigration into Argentina, so that was sort of in my ear, romance languages, so there we go, a little bit of um, 
mixture of languages in my in my head, uh, but I I had to learn Hebrew. I did not know a word of Hebrew. Um, that was very interesting, um, and it was a great experience. I spent six years in Jerusalem, in Israel, where I did my undergraduate degree, um, and. Uh, uh, for my master's degree, I decided I wanted to try somewhere else. Um, I never thought, though, that leaving Argentina, that I was not going to go back. And I, I mean, I went, went back to visit, but, but not to live. And I landed in Milwaukee. Uh, with a um, <laughs> at the university Jerusalem to Milwaukee that's a <laughs> that's a pretty big change mm -hmm. very very much so um, I lasted only a year in Milwaukee uh, as I found an amazing cello teacher in Madison which is about an hour away from Milwaukee um, and that's where I finished my master's degree uh, with Professor Vardy who who was just incredible to to have as a teacher. Uh, uh, both professionally, both from a technique and development and on, in the instrument, as well as personally, you know. So, so it was a it was a great change. So there I was in in um, uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, for 20 years, um, and and teaching. I was directing a, a chamber music program in one of the local youth orchestras, uh, which was a very stro uh, strong program. Um, I then. Um, my family actually was all living in Florida, Miami, and I was very lucky that there was an opening for a, a, a for a position at the New World Symphony as director of community engagement, and I was very fortunate to to apply and to to get the, that position. So um, I worked uh, under Michael Tilson Thomas. Oh wow! For three years, that wow, was wow. just amazing. This. This guy is a genius, and yeah. so it was really great to be involved with that. Um, I was uh, in charge of teaching. The New World Symphony is a, an orchestral training academy where 88 musicians every three years, th they, ha they can stay th for three years over there, um, and they learn how to audition for one of the big orchestras around the country or the world. And so my job was to enhance the experience by teaching them how to engage with community. Mm. Okay. So you said you had family there in Florida. That's like siblings or? My, my whole family. My Your whole family moved from Buenos Aires to that's Florida. Right. That's right. While you were? In Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. So then you moved down there to get that job and kind of be with your family that's again. That's right. So now how did you get here? So, um, while I was at New World, and it was an amazing opportunity for me, it was very difficult to um, uh, to teach. I I didn't have any teaching um, uh, possibilities, and I really feel like I have to I have to be teaching. I can't I can't stop teaching. This is one of the things I like to do. Um, and there was an opportunity in one of the local youth orchestras here in San Diego um, to be a program director, which based on my previous experience with the youth orchestra in, in Wisconsin, I thought it would be a wonderful match. And my first year was, was that's how I got to San Diego. My first year was with, the, with this youth orchestra, uh, where again, I was not able to teach. Um, mm. I was more in the administrative uh, uh, part of, of things. Um, and that's where I met my co now colleague and friend, Travis Merrill at the San Diego State the rest you've heard already. <laughs> yeah, so so that was, you kind of came here thinking that you were going to be doing more teaching and it ended up that you weren't. That's correct. Which then kind of got the 
gears turning in your head to start kind of resurrect the school at, at SDSU. That's correct. Got it. I was actually very fortunate how they say, you know, you to be in the right in the right place at the right time because my goal was to create a string academy with Travis. And when we came to talk to the director of the School of Music uh, um, at that time, Donna Conaty, she was really supportive of this program and helped us create it. But at the same time, she said, well, we have a community music school here that's dying. And would you like to take over? Right. <laughs> and I said, sure. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. So, um, so you said you actually started on the guitar. That's right. Uh, and you switched to cello as, as an adult, at mm -hmm. almost 20 years old. Yep. Why did you switch? So I wanted, I started to sing in choirs, in a youth choir. And uh, I started to have some lessons because what I was describing before, that the music conservatory was always in shambles during the dictatorship, which is when I was trying to study. My, my the lessons were not long enough ever. Um, and so I started to sing in the choir and I started to take some music theory uh, private lessons and, um, and choir conducting. The conductor of the choir was very, very helpful at that time and, and uh, would send those of us who were more music, musically inclined to, to direct the, the sectional uh, rehearsals with, with the different voices. And so I thought, hmm, choir conducting. And then I thought, no, I really want to be an orchestra conductor. <laughs> and then I thought of the big orchestra. And I thought, I had done some percussion with the folkloric music, so I understood the, uh, the instruments. I understood also the uh, uh, wind instruments, because I had played recorder and early music for quite a while also growing up. And, um, and that big section in front of me of the orchestra with bows, even though they are strings and the guitar and the left hand would be very similar, the bows were total a total mystery. And uh, the choir conductor, when I mentioned that I would love to go into uh, orchestral conducting, suggested that I should first learn an instrument and play in an orchestra before I even consider doing that. And so, yeah, so kind of like if you want to be an orchestral director, you kind of need to play an orchestral instrument. Yes. Right. And <laughs> since guitar is generally not a member of the orchestra, that, you That's know, right. that would be difficult to be up there and telling them what to do, actually having no idea how exactly. that works. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what happened to conducting? It just never happened? Or? It, it never, once that I started to play cello, which I always say the cello chose me, because you know I don't know why I chose the cello. It wasn't an instrument that I knew much about at that time. Um, the violin and viola looked kind of uncomfortable holding the <laughs> instrument up, you know, and the bass was too big. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cello's in roughly the same range as the guitar, I suppose. So that, that might is have been true, part of it. but it was totally, yeah. I don't know I, whether it is random or, or I'm not sure what to call it, but it was, it was I found my call, my yeah. calling, you know. So you were always a cellist and just didn't know it, I that's guess. That's right, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And so um, in college, I mean, I had, I had to take conducting classes. Um, as a, a PA, as a project assistant, one of my jobs was, uh, one year, I was a um, librarian and assistant for the uh, orchestra uh, teacher for one of the orchestras that was non-music majors. Um, and I had to conduct the orchestra. And it was very interesting because it was a very powerful experience, you know, just to have 
I don't know, it was like a big orchestra, at least 80, 90 people sitting in front of me, and, and whatever I did with my hands, they, they, <laughs> they would follow, follow me. It was like, whoa, <laughs> power trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so with the cello, are you playing still? Do you play professionally? I am playing a lot less professionally because I'm so busy with the community music school. Right. And unfortunately, pandemic was you know, right. not very helpful for this. I for, for several years while in Wisconsin and after that, actually, I played with a Crossroads trio, which we co-founded with, with uh, uh, my colleagues, uh, flute and uh, piano players. And we did a lot of performances around the U.S., around the world, actually. We, we were lucky to go around. We have a recording that we made. Um, it was a very interesting performing uh, situation because there isn't a lot of original music written for flute, cello, piano. Um, I love the combination of the woodwind and the string uh, with the piano rather than the more common violin, cello, piano yeah, trios. Yeah. Uh, so it allowed me, with my with my friends, with my colleagues, to uh, meet conduct. I mean, composers, and to meet uh, uh, um, uh, people that would write music for us or arrange some other piece that we would have heard. Um, so, so that's what I've been doing. Um, playing in orchestra, I played for quite many years in Wisconsin uh, with as a second cello with the Wisconsin Chamber Orchestra. So, and since you've been here in San Diego, we said what ten years ago you moved mm -hmm. here or something. Um, have you been playing around here much? I have not as much as I would have liked. Yeah, um, but I mean, like you said, you've been super busy teaching. Mm -hmm. So, uh huh, and organizing yeah. and growing the community right. music school. That's a, a two, two hats job. Right. That. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I could imagine the the kind of the administrative side of that is pretty. Definitely. Pretty enormous to try to tackle. Definitely. That's, that should be a separate job on its own. Uh -huh. yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you do that, plus have a 24 cello student. Students. Yes. Well, so speaking of the school, do you have any kind of plans or goals for it for the future? We do. I would love to continue to grow the, the, the program. Um, we just got a, a, a wonderful gift, um, which will allow us to uh, do some special activities, which... Uh, it's always um, pulling favors from friends and, and, and colleagues. Uh, so this time we would want to do activities that would benefit the, the program, uh, such as bringing uh, professors, teachers from outside to do master classes, um, concerts to expose kids to different uh, types of music. Um, so that's that's a little bit the plan. What is the general age range of the students you have? Like, who's the youngest student you have? So the youngest at this point is a five-year-old. We had as young as four-year-olds, but we do a very, very thorough screening. We <laughs> don't yeah. want to be babysitting uh, kids um, or, or not, for sure not start the kids when they are not ready. Yeah. Uh, from a motor point of view, it's, a, it's an uh, idea that until your hands and your brain can function together, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a pity to start too early with the kids. Um, one of my goals is at some point to have a program geared for younger uh, students that doesn't involve playing violin or cello uh, uh, at the very early stages. So kind of just like a general music for, for general kids? General music, uh, yeah. rhythms, Rhythms, rhythm instruments, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, and how, how do you go like up through high school and then they kind of graduate, so to speak, out of the program? That's, that's the most part of our population at, the, at this point. But we, we say we teach kids from 5 to 85. <laughs> so, uh, so, we, so adults could take lessons? Definitely. Oh, okay. Do you have any right now? We do. We do. We do have adults. They participate in programs in a different way because the, the programs are, are uh, uh, built so that there's a private lesson every week and a group class to reinforce yeah. uh, what we're doing. So the adults do not participate in those. Right. We have some programs that are uh, adult piano group classes, for example, just specifically for adults. Well, maybe a good goal would be to say 95. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ni- five to 95. That Let's sounds Get good somebody to me. that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, so how if people were interested in finding more information about the school, about the community music school, how could they find that? So they, uh, it's very easy to go to the uh, um, SDSU uh, to the SDSU School of Music website, which is music.sdsu.edu, uh, and we are under. Uh, the, that website in the, as a community music school. And how about you personally? Do you have your own site? I do or? have my website. Okay. It's very simple. My name, www.karinavoli.com. Uh, uh, www. Well, hey, well, thank you so much for talking to me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes, mm-hmm. thanks.